And now, discover your true course. This podcast is a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Your host, founder and president, Dr. Michael Godfrey. Hello and welcome to Discover Your True Course, a part of our service to and support for individuals and organizations in their pursuit of more that matters. It's a complicated and confusing world out there. Who are you trusting to help you sort it out? True Course can be your trusted guide to experiencing more that matters in your life, no matter how accomplished or successful you may be. You can discover your way to be more, see more, achieve more, and finish without regret, both personally and professionally. During this time of crisis, the ability to be an excellent problem solver is a key for being successful. Certainly, this pandemic time is one of those where we are trying to figure out the path forward. I can't tell you how much I've heard from educators, business owners, and just plain folks out on the street. What do you think's going to happen? Where are we going to go with this business? Earlier this week, I was having lunch with a business leader, and he looked across the table at me, somewhat curious and somewhat downcast. And he asked, what's going to happen after this pandemic? What's going to happen as we walk out the end of it? What's it going to look like? Will we be working remotely? Will we be able to rebuild the trust in the cultures of our businesses? What's it going to look like? And as we continued to talk and to explore the topic, he expressed, I just don't think anybody's looking at that very much. The global pandemic that is COVID-19 has generated a problem to be solved and many problems within the larger problem of a health crisis. It's called a crisis because something must change. The problems must be solved. It's difficult to know the exact nature of the problems we're now facing, much less those that can surface in the future as a result of current happenings and a result of the actions we are now taking. The pandemic has created for us a difficult situation for doing problem solving because problem solving is a cognitive activity that informs or guides our actions in our environment. Crises like these are a challenging time for problem solving for at least two reasons. Number one, there is much that is unfamiliar or novel about this pandemic, including the virus itself. Our brains interpret the unfamiliar as threat, and then we sense a threat to our health and our economy, our ways of doing business and our way of life, and we react to this sense of threat with the fight, flight, or freeze response, which is survival mode for us. It's initiated outside of the consciousness in response to a perceived danger to safety, or security, belonging, or respect. Adrenaline is released, cortisol and testosterone levels increase, and we are prompted to protect and defend ourselves by fighting, running, hiding, or irrationally yielding and conceding to the perceived attacker. Accompanying this reactive mode are the following things which are critically important to remember. Concentration is interrupted. One cannot hear messages without distraction. One cannot respond or communicate with clarity. The ability to learn is decreased. Curiosity and creativity is replaced with a demand for certainty. A position is stiffened over against that of another. Thinking is dramatically simplified into black or white propositions. There are desires for quick fix. Feelings of helplessness or self-doubt are aroused. An array of defensive behaviors surface. There's diminished flexibility in response to life's challenges. 
There's imaginative gridlock. We're not able to think of alternatives, options, or gain new perspectives. There's a refusal to actually see the problems, but we just react. Then perspective is skewed, oversimplification, minimizing or neutralizing difficulties. And as a result of all of this, we are in a poor state to solve problems. We do not have the capacity for it. When we are reactive, all of these things go away. When we are in the fight-flight or freeze mode, all of these cognitive processes are reduced dramatically and we're not able to do the kind of problem solving we might ordinarily do. So to address this, we would do well to take action to manage our stress and avoid self-medicating for sure. Take one day at a time, and it's okay not to know what to do right now. If you need assistance with the stress response and how to manage it, grab a copy of my book, Put Stress to Work. You can get a copy of that on Amazon.com. The second thing I believe is making this time a challenging one for problem solving is our own limitation in problem solving, even in the best of times, which is our mental capacity, especially our working memory. Your working memory will only hold four items at a time. And in these problem-solving situations like this one, the problems have many, many, many more than four variables to be managed. Over the past few weeks, you may have experienced difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, difficulty remembering things that you readily knew typically, and difficulty processing through ideas that normally would have been easy for you. This is a part of the stress that comes from this ongoing reactivity where we are in the fight, flight, or freeze mode. And we have been for a while, even at a low level, uh, we have been there. In these next few episodes, I want to talk with you about various aspects and techniques in problem solving. There is a formal, theoretical, scientific approach to problem solving, but I'm going to try to avoid as much of that technicality as possible. Although that is my training, I'll try to keep this just as simple and practical as I possibly can. Problem solving is a mental activity, a cognitive activity, that informs and guides our actions in the environment around us. We are constantly solving problems. All day long, we solve problems. In this particular case, with the COVID-19 crisis, it's about our figuring out how to live and how to face what we are encountering in our everyday life and work, which is a new stage. It's a new place to be. Now, I'd like to request that you approach this idea of problem, quote, quote, solving, as objectively as possible without attaching negative emotions to the issue. The negative emotions will only hinder your ability to do the work. So to say, I have a problem, uh, you do have a problem. And problems are what life is made up of. So let's go forward as objectively as possible. Today, the particular thing I want to address is a problem space. We want to talk about the problem space. Now, in school, you were taught about the scientific method. And the first step in that method is... Define the problem. Defining the problem is the first step in any problem-solving activity. In the discipline of problem-solving, we speak of defining the problem space. Now, the problem space is defined by the current situation, the desired situation or outcome, and then the steps to get the gap bridged between the two. So there's a gap in between there, and it contains various options for moving from the current situation to the desired situation or outcome. And all of those things that I just mentioned go together to create the problem space. They're what you have on the table to work with. And at any given time, there may be multiple levels of problem spaces or multiple problem spaces within a space. The current situation and desired outcome must be very clear. Otherwise, the interventions that can bridge the gap can be risky and ineffective. 
You may believe that finding the actions for solving a problem are the most important part of the activity. However, the most challenging part of this whole activity, requiring the most advanced of mental processes of cognitive activity, is finding the problem and clarifying the problem. Give plenty of time to that and be sure you get clear about what the problem is and what the outcomes are that you want. Then, those problem-solving steps will come a little more naturally. So what's a person to do? In the present, take time to carefully assess your present situation. Don't assume that you know it, since reactivity can make you blind to what is. And your own biases can make you blind to what is. Ask yourself, what's really going on here? Ask yourself, what are other ways to look at this? Don't try to do this alone, by the way. Ask questions of your stakeholders, 360 degrees, employers, colleagues, vendors, the community, and anyone whom your business touches. Number two. Describe your desired future or outcomes. For this, it's best to zoom out a little and take the 60,000-foot view of your business and its place in the world and in history. And if you can get the bigger picture, it's going to help you see much better. Think through how it would look to thrive. Find a place where you can think through this with someone else. That will help a great deal. And this desired future or outcomes it would make sense that it would probably be along the lines of your mission, vision, and, or your mantra for your business, or your mission statement, or your vision statement for your life and your values. It should all align right in there, and if those things need to be adjusted, make the adjustment. And for individuals, you'll find more guidance on this in my book, Without Regret, and I'd encourage you to get a copy of that on Amazon.com, Without Regret, and use my name to look for it. Number three, simplify toward the basics. Do only the things that you must do, only the essentials, until those first two items of clarifying the present and defining the future, until those are done. Do only the essentials. Don't try to do more. Because if you ignore this principle, you may find your resources scattered everywhere down all kinds of channels due to the lack of real focus as a part of panic. Number four, be open to new ways of thinking and doing business. When we're threatened, we close off and get really black and white and shut down creative thinking. You're going to have to make a choice to be open. You'll need to lower your biases in order to hear other ideas clearly rather than filtering the messages of others through the lens of your bias. You'll need to be more critically reflective than ever and to participate in rational argument, being willing to explore alternative views and perspectives. If you do this, you will create schematics and frameworks that are more likely to generate beliefs that are more true to reality and will serve you better for living and relating. Number five, get others to help and support you in thinking through the situation. Practice and invite healthy argument. Since this problem space is novel, it will require new perspectives. The old saying, what got you here won't get you there, has never been more true. To be most successful and make others successful, you'll need to make your ways of thinking to be more inclusive and discriminating, open, reflective, and most important and difficult of all, emotionally able to change. Number six, accept that some practices and ways of thinking that you were using before the pandemic are now irrelevant and no longer useful, however hard you may try to make them work. It'll be better to change them by choice than for circumstances to force the change on you. This problem space is an opportunity to take initiatives that you've known were needed for a long time. It'll push you to do it. And then uh, number seven, avoid trying to come out the other side of this by forcing old ways to work. Don't put new wine in old wineskins. 
the outcome will not be good. Number eight, get a coach. A coach will listen, reflect back, ask questions, and help you process your thinking and gain new insights. I can help you in this regard and would be honored uh, should you allow me to do so. All of this is a part of defining the problem space and really getting your mind and your thinking to work for you in this situation. It's a challenge, but there's no doubt that you can work through this to a better place for the future. I would encourage you to contact me at discover at discoveryourtruecourse.com and let me join you in your journey toward more that matters and living without regret. I'm Michael Godfrey. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This has been a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Copyright by J. Michael Godfrey. All rights reserved.